Thank you for the privilege of uh, bringing God's word this evening. I hope I can be a blessing to you and uh, to bring honor to our Savior, Jesus Christ. To that end, uh, let's pray and ask God's blessing. Father in heaven, thank you for your word and its truth and the opportunity we have each Lord's Day to gather in it, around it, through it, by it. We thank you for the life that is given us in Christ that flows to us by your word. Even now we pray that you would grant your spirit that preacher and hearer alike would be blessed and that we might be built up in our faith, trusting in Christ. In his name we pray, amen. <clears throat> the scripture reading is from First Chronicles, chapter 16, and verses 28 to 34. First Chronicles 16, beginning at verse 28. It says this, and this is the word of God, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice, and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar in all that fills it, let the field exalt and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. I would have us uh, hear and, and meditate upon this very last verse in particular uh, this evening. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Brothers and sisters, uh, the place that I would start this evening is by thinking about the reformational motto, Semper Reformanda, which means always reforming. Uh, the longer version of the motto is actually Ecclesia Semper Reformanda Est. The church must always be reformed, which is important to make specific that the reference is indeed to the church. But the still longer version is, and I, I can't give it to you in the Latin, but the church must always be reformed according to the word of God. That's important. That's crucial, is it not? According to the word of God. Of course, there's always the perennial debate over what God's word is teaching, but we must still abide by God's word as that standard by which we live the Christian life and carry out the ministry of the church. 
But the further challenge of this motto, short version or long, is that, uh, is that we might tend to wear it as a laurel crown. We might allow that we must be always reforming, even according to the word of God, but we're already reformed, are we not? We are the ones who get it right, while others succumb to tradition or culture and get it wrong. And so our motto becomes, we are reformed, rather than we must, as the church, be always reforming, and always reforming according to the word of God. So in this season of thanksgiving, it will be good for us, and uh, if I might lead us to do so this evening, it will be good for us to consider what God's word teaches us about giving thanks to God. And maybe, maybe there'll be nothing new for you here, but uh, as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians, to write the same things to you is, uh, is no trouble to me and is good for you. But do we really need to be taught by God's word what it means to give thanks to God? We, we might easily assume that we, have, that we already know what it is to give thanks to God. After all, isn't it, isn't it oh so simple to say thank you? We teach our children when they receive a treat or a, a gift from someone, maybe from a grandparent or from a, a friend at a birthday party, we, we teach them to say thank you. Now say thank you to the nice man, we nervously say to a child. And if all goes well, the, the otherwise ungrateful child does what he is told and, and says thank you to the nice man. If he doesn't, we're mortified, and uh, we feel it necessary to make uh, apologies uh, for our child who takes the gift and runs off to enjoy it without saying thank you. Saying thank you is important. Can, can we all agree? It, it, it strikes a blow to the heart when a gift is received and thanks is not returned. To some degree, it... it it even qualifies as a crime. We, we seem to know that it's, it's, it's not just impolite. It's just plain wrong. It's, it's contrary to some, to some order of the universe. When a gift is received and earnest thanks is not returned. But is a, is a simple thank you enough? Is it enough for our children just to mumble the words please and thank you and may I? And is it not especially important in our thanks to God for his indescribable gift? That inexpressible gift that Paul talks about his salvation to us in Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, a believer in Christ and, and in the gospel, then you, you are going to heaven and not to hell. You have untold riches laid up for you in heaven by the finished work of Christ. And this reward is yours only as you are delivered from the wrath to come. Is not your thanksgiving to God in order? Do I even need to ask that? So let's revisit God's word in its teaching about giving thanks to God, and let's do so in the simplest and, and yet most profound of ways. Let's take uh, 
the most basic of calls to give thanks to God and, in a sense, dissect it. First Chronicles 16, verse 34 says, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And what can we learn about our thanksgiving to God by this most basic call to give thanks to God? First, be eager. Be eager. And the point is to ask, how can we not be eager? Oh, give thanks. The word oh in our English Bibles is an entirely appropriate translation of the Hebrew. It's, a, it's an accentuation. It's an emphasis. The point is not, as parents say to their children, now don't forget to say thank you to the nice man. Rather, the word oh calls us to be eager to give thanks. It calls us to think, why would I do anything else than to give thanks? The, the blessing is too great. It's so great, in fact, that, that this very statement, oh, give thanks, shouldn't even have to be stated. Have you ever been in that situation where a gift was bestowed upon you and left you mostly dumbfounded? All you could do was to mumble out a, a few words of gratitude. But there is a, a world of difference between a child being made to mumble thank you before running off with his treat and a sinner who knows his sin or her sin. You, you ladies are sinners too, you know. And, 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 and is struck by both the conviction of sin and an impending judgment as well as the conviction of God's grace in Christ so that all we can do is say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. That really, should it not, be the essence of our Lord's Day worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that's really the idea here. Uh, one way to think about our salvation in Christ is that indeed we are going to heaven and not to hell. From the depths of hell to the heights of heaven. And, and if we feel the flames of hell and yet look to share and enjoy the reward of Christ in heaven, then will we not say, oh, oh, give thanks to the Lord. I can't hardly believe that I am bound for heaven when hell is what I deserve. But oh, I do believe it. And Psalm 27, selection D comes to mind. Oh, what if I had not believed? But I am by faith assured that in the land of life, I'll see the goodness of the Lord. The next thing to learn about thanksgiving to God is that there is nothing left, yet everything left to do. By our faith in Christ, there is nothing left to do. Christ has done it all. Here we are focusing on just the words, give thanks. This is what thanks to God is. This is what it must be if, we, uh, if it be true thanksgiving. Here is the essence of thanksgiving to God, that, that saying thank you is all that he has left us to do. 
This is why Thanksgiving and rest go hand in hand. They are really the same thing. To give thanks to God is to rest in what he has done. This is why our Lord gave us this call to faith. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is why the fourth commandment is still in force. Because the way of God has always been and and will always be to work for his people so that they can rest. From the beginning, on the seventh day, God rested. Having created us in his image, the very next thing he did that we might do likewise is that he rested. And he wasn't tired, and and omnipotent God doesn't get tired. Instead, God rested because he was done. Uh, When you're done, you probably rest because you're tired. But God rested because he was done. The other reason that God rested is so that we would rest in him. So the lawn is mowed, the dishes are done, the leaves are raked up for another year. Are, are you there yet? I'm not quite there. And so what do you do when you're done? You sit down. But what was God doing when he rested on the seventh day he was he was done blessing his people he was done creating a world of blessing for us to enjoy light and and land and and life light land and life all done for us and so he rested because it was done and all we had to do was to say thank you Wow. Oh, thank you. And the same is true in Christ, in the, in the new creation. It's done. The life of Christ has been lived, and it's been lived for us, that his righteousness might be counted to us. The death of Christ has been died at the cross, that the wrath and judgment of God would be turned away from us. And all of this, while we still enjoy the blessing and goodness of God's first creation. Food, drink, material blessing, sexuality, and marriage. It's all ours to own and to enjoy by the blessing of God. Even more, a new creation, righteousness, atonement for sin, the promise of a new creation to come, uh, which really is already here, you and your faith being the proof that a a new creation has come because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It's done. It's done. That's the message of the gospel. It's, It's done. And the only thing left to do is to say, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And and I will rest in you. That's that's the only thing left to do. But it is yet everything left to do. It's everything uh, left to do in this sense, that if we fail to sit down and rest, if we neglect to say, thank you, that's not faith. So keep working for your salvation, and good luck with that. And I mean that in the most literal sense, even as I don't believe in luck. God has left nothing to chance. 
but has done in Christ what must be done for you. Otherwise, it won't be done, and you remain in your sin and under the judgment of God. But since it has been done, because Christ has done it for you, there is nothing left to do, and yet everything left to do, simply by saying thank you. Brothers and sisters, take these words of faith upon your lips. Thank you, Lord. And that brings us to another aspect of true thanksgiving, that thanks must be both given and received. Have you ever noticed how uh, we now live in a culture that has so jettisoned God from their thinking that people claim to be thankful when they haven't given thanks to anyone nor has their thanks been received by anyone. Thanksgiving Day comes around each year and we hear the claim, oh, I'm just so thankful. But what if you answered them and you can decide if you want to be this snarky with someone, but what if you said, oh, do tell. Uh, Who are you thankful to? They would say, well, what do you mean? I'm just thankful. Yes, but, but, but to whom are you thankful? And they would likely dismiss you as being quite disagreeable to the cultural idea that you can just be thankful. The literal meaning of thankful is that you are full of thanks. But the literal meaning of thanks is something that you give. That's why we speak of thanksgiving And the literal meaning of give, as in thanksgiving, is that someone, or maybe something, has received what you have given. So follow the logic, and and thus the lack of logic within our culture. You, You haven't successfully really given anything until someone has received what you have given. So until you have given thanks, and someone has received your thanks, You are not thankful. You certainly are not full of thanks. It's a joke. At least it should be. Sadly, it's not. People actually think that they're making good sense when all they can say is, oh, I'm so thankful. To whom? No one. I'm just so very thankful. No, you're not. Not in any universe that currently exists. I'm kind of a, a grammar person, so I can, I can present it to you grammatically as well. Grammar is a form of logic, so that uh, it's not all that different to think about it grammatically. Uh, the verb to thank uh, is a verb that requires a direct object. You can smile, you can run, you can jump, and you don't need a direct object, but you can't just thank. What are you going to do today, someone might ask. Well, I'm, I'm going to smile, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to jump. But you can't say, I'm going to thank. Because that makes no sense. They might seriously wonder about you if you just say, I'm going to smile and run and jump. But if you say, I'm going to thank, well, then they will know that you're not making any sense whatsoever, and yet our culture will tell us that we can be thankful without any direct object. It makes no sense. 
And it makes even less sense for Christians because the call of God's word is, oh, give thanks to the Lord that he might receive our thanks for his steadfast love in Christ. That brings us to the last lesson on giving thanks to God that we really should be specific. Be specific as you give thanks to God. In, in other words, to stick to the grammar approach, include a prepositional phrase in your thanksgiving to God. Uh, it's, it's not really that hard, at least it shouldn't be, to say, Oh God, my Father in heaven, my Savior God through Jesus Christ, thank you for my salvation in Jesus Christ. And let's go back to that scene with the, the child, the one who you hope won't disappoint you, the one that you hope will not just mumble some obligatory scripted words before running off with the treat or the gift. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't you love to hear the child say, not just thank you in clear words and with eye contact. Wouldn't you love to hear from the child, thank you, kind sir, thank you for this piece of candy that you have given me. Thank you for the kindness that you have shown me. And of course, if our kids came up with that, we would probably think, who are you and what did you do with my child? But are we not more than, chil- more than children? How, how old are you? I'm, I'm 56. But are we ever too old or too young to reform our thanksgiving to God? If thanksgiving is all that God has left us to do, Shouldn't we do it as best we can? And might we not accept from God himself the instruction that we need to be truly thankful for the inexpressible gift of salvation in Jesus Christ? Think about what you have received. That's that's the key to the Christian life. Think. Be thoughtful. That's what... The preacher is doing every Lord's Day. Think about what you have received. Think about the price that Christ paid for your salvation. And so get up every morning. Get up every morning thinking about, but even more, giving thanks to God for the very specific, the very special, the the even eternal blessings of God in Christ. And so let us answer this call Every day, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let's pray. We do, O oh God, our Father in heaven, give you thanks for the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, for the many blessings that fill our lives for our health and strength in this very evening, for the opportunity come tomorrow morning to live with purpose, with hope, with joy, and with peace, all because you have saved us, and you have saved us to the uttermost through Jesus Christ. Teach us to be thankful, and may we live out our thanksgiving to you each and every day. In Christ's name we pray, amen.